Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet, Church Alive? Who brought faith to the house of God? Come on, who brought some faith to our third service? You know, I, will, I do want to say this about resilient women and uh, my wife, really. I don't know many people, I honestly don't, who have honestly been on, on spot on when it comes to hearing God's voice as often as she has. I don't know many, like across the world. I literally say that. She's been such a steady voice in my own world, and a, a sense of reason. But this guy can be a little bit crazy sometimes. So I, I, it's not that my wife shares visions that she has on a regular basis. She honestly doesn't, but when she has one, I know it's God. So I know that God wants to do something very significant in the women of our house. Can I get a good amen on that? For resilient, strong, flourishing, beautiful, lovely women. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every man here, every woman. I sense your touch. I sensed it all day. I thank you, Jesus. There is an open heaven in this place. And Lord, would you help your servant? Would you help your son? Preach in such a way, help in such a way that God, each person here would live with that same sense of an open heaven over their own lives. Would you break off ceilings and barriers, lies, limitations over their world? In the name of Jesus, I pray. And a faith-filled church said, come on, a faith-filled church said, say God is for me. I can become all that God wants me to become. I receive the Word of God by faith right now. In Jesus' name, one more time. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Come on like you mean it, Church Alive. Thank you, worship team. Good job. Grab your seat. Have you ever had someone steal something from you? <laughs> lucky people, aren't we? Isn't that lucky? Didn't you feel lucky? Like, look, it's my lucky day. I was 17, 18 years old. Someone stole my mountain bike. It was, it was on my front porch in Australia. And uh, a mate came over. And, he, and I said to him, someone stole my mountain bike today. And he literally said, what color was it? I was like, it's black, it's red. He was like, I just saw a dude riding away with that kind of bike. We got in a car. We went looking for him. We didn't find him. It's probably a good thing. It was about to go down. It was about to get crazy. It was about to get a little nuts, wasn't it? I went to the store the other day and I bought a whole chicken. How many of you ever buy those whole chickens? It's just for the Lord, right? It's just nine, ten dollars. Someone's already cooked it for you. It's about ten bucks from ShopRite. I bought one of those, but every time I go to the shop, I buy something else. I went in with one mission and someone else sells me on something else, don't they? It's often gum. It's often right at the last thing and I'm like, gum is looking at me and I'm looking at gum. Do a little this number. My wife thinks I'm addicted to gum. It's not a bad addiction. I've heard of worse. Anyway, that day I didn't buy gum. I ended up buying a bag of chips, but not just like any regular Lay's chips. I'm talking those healthy version chips. The sweet potato. You know those ones? What are they called, Fernando? You don't know. Hold on. Terra chips. 
Terra chips. Anyone know what Terra chips are? Anyone still confused? But anyway, I, I bought this packet of chips. It was two bucks. They suckered me in. It's normally about four bucks fifty for this really large bag of chips. I bought the little one for two bucks. Had about 13 chips in there. 13. I literally opened the bag. I was like, who stole them? Who, who broke into my packet of chips and stole it? For four fifty, I would have had hundreds of chips. For $2, I got 13. Literally sitting there, just feeling like someone stole something from me. How many know what I'm talking about? I believe that the devil actually wants to steal something from you and it's far more serious than a bag of chips. Far more serious than a mountain bike. It's far more serious than losing your car. Far more serious than your wallet. It's actually your thinking. And I want to talk to you today about lies that limit. Lies that limit your thinking. We began last week to unpack this thought from battles and victories. And we began to unpack the story of Cain and Abel. And we discovered that through Cain, when we move away from the truth, we get weaker, don't we? And Cain embraced the narrative of a victim. The narrative of a victim, the story of a victim. He had to kind of twist the story a little bit. The God's not for me anymore. anymore. Nonsense. God's always for you. He just may not be for your actions. And Cain embraced the narrative of a victim. I think there's lots of people that love you to embrace a narrative of a victim. But God wants you to embrace the narrative, the story of an overcomer, the story of a champion. But he embraced it. But God had favor for him, didn't he? But I want to talk to you today about lies, that limit. We're going to jump into a story, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me give you a little bit of context before we read the text. Samuel is a prophet. Samuel hears from God. Samuel was literally dedicated to God from really birth. Uh, His mother couldn't have a baby. She begins to pray and Eli the prophet literally says, Samuel, to her you're going to have a baby and That baby Samuel gets dedicated to God. Anyway, he begins to hear God and God says to him, the next king will be King Saul. Saul was a large, tall, strapping man. He was probably like seven foot tall. The Bible says he was foot, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else. That's pretty impressive. Everyone of a nation, he's head and shoulders above everyone. He's a good looking guy. But what's weird is he was large on the outside, but he was small on the inside. He was very insecure and he actually lost his kingdom out of his own disobedience and out of his own limitation. And he allowed those limitations to lie and he saw himself quite small. Unfortunately, he then goes and disobeys God and Samuel speaks or God speaks to Samuel, says, Samuel, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse and there you will find another king. And that's where we jump into the text. First Samuel chapter 16 says this. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Obviously a decent looking guy. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. Someone say people. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? Now, sometimes Christians misuse this scripture and then just walk around and never pay any attention to the outward appearance. But do pay attention to the outward appearance because God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward appearance. So you don't show up to a job interview not thinking about your outward appearance, do you? 
Are you with me? Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Saul. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah, one of my favorite characters in all of the Bible. Shammah. Shammah passed by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you had? And what's interesting about this text, if you pause right here, how many of you like the fact that when you're watching TV or watching a movie, you get your, your remote control and you pause it? When you watch your show, you're about to run to the kitchen and you pause it. I want us to pause the scripture for a second. And I want us to go, let's pause right here. He has just looked at seven sons and none of them are actually the, the one. And Samuel is sent to this place and sent to this town. And he's literally prayed, said, God, show me the guy. And the guy's not there. And you, you can forgive Samuel if he actually thinks to himself, I am in the wrong place say that with me i am in the wrong place now i'm not trying to have you prophesy that over yourself but have you ever felt like that have you ever felt i'm in the wrong place i'm in the wrong time have you ever felt like you're in the wrong state have you ever felt like you're in the wrong country as an australian i can tell you i've sometimes felt like i'm in the wrong country when people begin to correct my English from the seats, which happens from time to time in our church, I start to feel like I'm in the wrong country. My first point today is, number one, I believe a lie that limits people is this one. I am in the wrong place. Samuel literally felt like for a moment, maybe just a moment, I'm in the wrong place. And as I was praying about this this week, honestly, the Spirit of the Lord said to my heart very clearly, Anthony, so many of my people feel like they're in the wrong place. They're looking for something else, someone else, some sometimes mystical place that God will one day take you. And I just feel like you need to get deep in your heart. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right church. I'm in the right business. I'm in the right place, the right time. Because here's the thing. Why do, why do I say that that's important? Why do I say that's a lie that might limit you? Because the truth is this. If you don't believe you're in the right place and you don't believe you're in the right time, you're very unstable. You'll never plant anywhere. You'll never stick somewhere. You might be in a place, but your heart and your head is, is unsure whether God's going to move you on one day. Isn't one day a fantasy? One day, all my troubles will go away. No, they won't. Can we get set free? Do you know this? Life is laughing at my singing. Yesterday, I went with Mags and a bunch of guys to this treetop adventure course. Ever, ever gone to one of those treetop adventure courses? Something like, no, I don't ever want to. Well, I went to it and I thought it was pretty cool. And I don't consider myself a person who's afraid of heights. However, there was one of them, there was one of them that I started to get very afraid of heights. 
I was, it was, you had to grip it up here. You got gloves on, but the gloves seemed to be slipping. You, I was attached. So I really, I couldn't actually fall. But how many you know your mind can tell you you can fall? So we're stepping on these little steps and they're moving and everything's moving. And I'm shaking and I'm baking and I'm shaking. Shake and bake, babe. That's right. And I'm moving around. All of a sudden, I'm literally thinking to myself, I'm going to die. Now, I'm not going to die, but I thought I was going to die. I had no stability. I had no... I'm unsure. But the funny thing was, you actually saw one of the guys who would come along and be a guide to someone if they ever got stuck in the tree and so forth. And these guys would just power through this course like it was absolutely ridiculous. But some of us were shaking. Isn't it interesting that if you don't believe you're in the right job, you keep seeking for another job, but you're dishonoring the job you have. If you don't believe you're in the right church, you actually dishonor the church you're in. And you're not, oh, I'd love to be in another place, but I want to tell you, you're here. I had to settle this in my own heart, honestly, because when I first came to America, I felt like I was, I'd come to America for three to four years. That was my decision. I was kind of like, we're going to be here for three to four years. And I had to settle in my heart that God had called me here to plant and to give a hundred percent. And could he bring you another time and take you to this another state? Sure. But if you're always thinking about the other place, you don't give 100% to where you are. One of the great things about a marriage is you covenant together and then two people should be giving 100% to that marriage so that it flourishes. But if you keep looking on Instagram at other things, you'll start thinking about other things. Are you with me? Can I have that pot plant? I bought this today to illustrate a simple point. Do you know that this plant can be sitting in my garden, and it's part of my garden, but how many you know that as soon as it rains really hard, it gets really windy, or maybe it gets too cold like winter time, I just grab this little pot, and I bring it inside. Here, little pot pot. <laughs> Stay the size you are, be the thing you are, keep bearing fruit, but never get any bigger. Never grow to your full potential. It's like a bonsai tree. Do you know that a bonsai tree, they actually sit there and prune the actual uh, roots of the bonsai tree? Do you know they literally come alongside and cut the roots? And that actually this thing is meant to be a huge tree, but they love it and they keep on pruning it. And do you know the sheer fact of the matter is that sometimes in a bonsai tree, it needs attention all the time. Because it has no roots or it has a very shallow amount of roots. But I just feel like God wants some people to break the pot. God wants some people to stop fearing, to stop worrying what if, to stop saying what if I plant in a church and I get hurt. You probably will. You just have to forgive. That's called maturity. What if I get hurt in a relationship again? You probably will, but that's called maturity. You will have to forgive. There will be disappointments in life. Don't believe for disappointments, but just expect that sometimes disappointments happen in your life. But you got to crack the pot. And you need to plant in a place so that you can actually become not just a little flower, but a tree that other people can rely on and lean on and climb. How many of you men grew up thinking, I just want to be a little pot, little plant, little flower. I just, I just love to be a little flower. God didn't make you to be a little flower. But you'll be a little flower unless you commit. 
Do you know that character doesn't come until you commit? Hear me again. Character. How many of you men would like some strong character? How many ladies would like some strong character? It doesn't come unless you commit. Do you know I can't be 10% or 20% or 50% committed to this church? Because it doesn't work. But I'm 100% committed to Jesus, 100% committed to the call of God, and 100% committed to this house. And I'll tell you this, it's 100% commitment that actually shapes character. You need to crack the pot. Come on, can you slap your name and tell them you need to crack the pot? And then I want to say, especially you. But you might be like, Pastor Anthony, what if I am actually in the wrong place? then God's goodness and God's grace can get you to the right place. Years ago, our church was in Kearney. It was the first two and a half years. We weren't even church then. We were really just a ministry. We were a service. And I was lying down. I was literally asleep at two in the morning. I literally was, I mean, I was dead to the world asleep. My wife was sleeping. I was probably snoring. And I popped up and said, we're in the wrong place. And I literally looked up and went, oh, what do I do now? And I looked over and my wife was sleeping. She was no good to me. (laughs) And I looked up again and talked to the Lord. And I began to pray about where God would have me. And I began to tell our church we're praying to move to a different location. And I rode my bike into Rutherford, just three towns over. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon my life. And I knew we were meant to move the church there. He said, we're in the wrong place. Listen to what Acts 16 says in verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Paul is preaching the gospel. He's serving Jesus. He's building disciples. He's he's building leaders. He's literally planting churches. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's doing it. He's he's literally driving it. He's, He's moving things forward. And then Jesus says, no, 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 don't go there. Go there. I found this, that God can't move a parked vehicle. I let my little daughter drive sometimes. She's four. I let her drive on my lap and the car is in park. She thinks she's driving. She beeps the horn a lot. And then she goes, and then they, they're always, little ones are always rough with the indicators, the turn signals, right? They're literally like, I'm like, don't break it, my goodness. And then they get excited when the water comes up and the windshield, and she thinks she's driving. Isn't that right, Jaden Rebecca? Isn't that exciting, big guy? Come on, give Jaden a hand. I think, how old, Jaden, 11 or 12 years old, first little season. In Church Alive, hearing me preach. He's been in our church his whole entire life. And now you're just getting to hear me preach. He's graduated out of church, out of Kids Alive experience. Come on. Big J. Love you, buddy. Comes over our house sometimes and plays. <laughs> Psalm 92 says this. The righteous will. Someone say will. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. It says planted in the house of the Lord. They 
They will, right? They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will, will stay, st still bear fruit in old age. They will. They will. That's the truth. That's the promise. That's, that, that's what God has for you, but not if you don't crack the pot. Not if you actually don't plan. Not if you actually don't abide. Not if you actually don't say, Pastor, I just want to attend from time to time. I, I've met people like this. I've, I can give you stats on it. When Miriam and I, we do a relationship series in our church every February. It's one of the most attended. It's one of the easiest invites to invite people to. We help people in relationships. We really do. And, um, and sometimes people come and they attend for a couple of months after that and their relationships get a bit better. Like, God, you know, God's helped our relationships and it's awesome. And you know what happens after that? Then life gets busy. Life gets busy. I, oh, Pastor, I just, I'm just busy. Very busy. I'm, I'm busy. I'm just, I'm just busy. Busy. I shake and I'm busy. I shake, I rattle, and I roll, and I'm busy. Depends if you want to flourish, isn't it? If you're too busy to plant, you're too busy. You're too busy to flourish. You'll be a pot that just is like this. And I've met pots. I've met them. I have. All the potential, all the gifting... Potential is overrated. You know what's underrated? Planting. Come on. Potential. you got all the potential in the world. Let me encourage you with this. God has put his DNA in you. You have all the potential in the world. God has put his giftings, his talent, his character. He's put everything in you. But you can't develop if you don't crack this part. If you don't plant where God has called you to plant. If you won't plant in the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Listen to Pastor Paul DeYoung. He says this, the depth of your roots determines not just even your root system, the quality of your fruit. You are not called to bear fruit sometimes. You're actually called to bear fruit in season and out of season. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who not, doesn't walk according to the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful of the mockers. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. It says, And on his Lord does he meditate day and night. And then it says, And he shall be like a tree. Shall be like a tree. Which bears forth its fruit in its season. And it literally says, And his its leaves never wither. How many of you would like your, your leaves to never wither? See, I want to be married to someone and I want to be the kind of person in marriage that I'm not bearing love, joy and peace occasionally. Let me try help some people in the place, in the house of God. Think about this. How many of you would like to marry someone and they just are consistent? Yeah, you're not getting it. Um, <laughs> let me talk to this side of the room <laughs> who actually would like their life to flourish. Because <laughs> sometimes people look at me like, I'm like, do you want a million dollars? Oh, maybe. <laughs> if I have love, joy, and peace, 
consistently, how many know I'm more enjoyable to hang out with? Honestly, I don't try and measure, uh, this summer, I don't try and measure, as I was taking some time off, my spiritual life by how much I'm reading the Bible or how much I'm praying. I just began to ask myself, is love, joy, and peace in my world? Because you can read the Bible and actually not be bearing fruit. Because God's dealing with you about some things and you're not listening. But if I'm having love, joy, and peace consistently in my life, how many know I'm a more enjoyable person to be around? How many of you, of you would want to be that? How many of you know sometimes you're not that? And then how many know the right place to go again is Jesus, the essence of who he is, and allow him to prune you so that you bear fruit regularly? The house of God should shape you and make you and make you to be the person God's called you to be. Can I get a good amen? amen? Number two, the second lie I believe that often we swallow is actually a strange one. And you might be like, what are you talking about, pastor? It says, I'm searching for the will of God. I want to say this, what is in front of you, what is in front of me is my current assignment. What is in front of you is your current assignment. If you're always searching for the will of God, because you can be 20 and then 70 and be searching for the will of God for 50 years. But what if your current job is your current assignment? What if your current relationship is your current assignment? What if the place you're serving in church is your current assignment? What if it's actually every day? What if your current assignment is... Every day. Then it's not one day I get to do the will of God. It's every day I get to do the will of God. I fully, 1000% believe if I will begin to, and if we will begin to, as a group of people, as a people that say, God, be first in my life. If I'll value the day, I'll fulfill my destiny. If I will value my day, that one day, and maybe God wants me to encourage or pray for one person that one day. Or maybe God just wants me to be faithful in what I know to do that day. You see, sometimes we, we, we can feel like, I feel like preaching can sometimes preach to the high of life and the low of life. But what about the mundane of life? What about in the middle? What about just every day? Just like every day. Just every day. Just continuing to do the will of God. Come on, say that with me. What is in front of me, front of me is, my is my current assignment. Listen to what's happened to Samuel. Samuel's current assignment would go to Bethlehem. Find the next king. And he goes and then he has to dig a little deeper and pray a little bit more. And he has to ask God, God, open my eyes. And finally, check this out. He finally says, don't you have another son? And how embarrassing is it that your dad got all seven sons and you didn't even make the lineup? Like if you've ever been in basketball, football or soccer and you got chosen last, that was embarrassing. Guess what? Jesse didn't even bring David to the lineup. He wasn't even in the lineup. He's like, where's your other son? Not in the lineup? Okay, go get him. Because some theologians tell us that he might have been an illegitimate child. 
Some theologians actually say that according to, I think it's Psalm 139 or Psalm 51, that when David literally said, I was born in iniquity, he was telling, uh, he was telling us that Jesse had an inappropriate relationship. So when the prophet came to his town, he wanted to hide David. Listen to the mercy of God. God then takes an illegitimate child and makes him the next king of Israel. And guess what? Out of David comes the Christ. How many think God can turn around your mistakes? You might be illegitimate. You might feel like I'm not any kind of pedigree. Guess what? David wasn't either. Are you with me, Church Alive? You know, David met with God in his current assignment. David wrote songs. In his current assignment, David faced the lion and the bear in his current assignment. And his current assignment was a look down upon job. But guess what? How he learned to defeat Goliath was in his current assignment. How he learned to defeat Goliath literally and then get promoted to, to second almost in charge at that time was from his current assignment. It's amazing what you can learn as you're working at Burger King or McDonald's or Hardee's or, or Arby's or Taco Bell or any of those chicken places. You can learn amazing things if you'll honor where you are. If you're on a $10, how many know you can get to 20? If you're on a $20, how many know you can get to 40? If you're on a 40 bucks, eventually you get to 80, don't you? If you're on a $80, eventually you get to 160. And on and on and on it goes. If you're on a $1,000, it gets to 2,000. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Let me say this. Why do I want to, listen, why do I want you to come to the house of God with faith and come early and come and connect to people? Because I promise you, if you'll honor the presence of God, He will show up more. Every service, this service, I felt like God was doing something in my heart. Every service in this church. If you will come with faith, God will do new things in your life. God will show you things. He'll deposit things. He's not here to waste your time. He wants to put life and strength and peace and goodness and vision in your heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I always find that God is trying to put more faith in my heart for me to believe God for more. And if I'm faithful in my current assignment, He can give me more. Do you believe it? In our Transform group this week, we talked about the Transform morning. Because I believe that the start of your day, a successful day starts with a successful morning. Listen to this quote. I think it's so significant. Living a life of significance starts by treating every day as your significant assignment. Someone say, the will of God is every day. Say it with me. The will of God isn't someday, isn't far away. It's every day. Say, the will of God is in front of me. The will of God is practical so say this help me be faithful in the little things can i say there are no little things there's just things just because your current assignment is not where you want to end up i'm not in my current assignment i'm not in my current assignment can i just i just want to share this can i have the worship team to come back it took me a long time 
And I wish I learned it earlier. My father actually tried to teach it to me earlier, but I didn't listen. Anyone done that before? (laughs) Not you, not you. You're the third service. (laughs) My first job was a paper boy delivering pamphlets. And me and my buddy, Mark Morris, we had a bag on our front and a bag on our back and we had all these pamphlets. We were literally 13, 14. We could barely walk. And we'd walk up these big hills in Cordo Heights and a nice little hilly part of Wollongong, Australia. And then one day, we were tired of doing it, so we threw a bunch of them down the drain. (laughs) My wife's like, you never told me this, babe. I wouldn't have married you had I heard this one. (laughs) Suck it her in. (laughs) Tell her the secrets later. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But we threw away these pamphlets and and then we thought we got away with it. Week or two later, we delivered some more pamphlets. Another rainy day, we decided we didn't want to go. So we threw out some more pamphlets down this drain and I know, you're shocked. Like, pastor, how did you even become a pastor? Do they vet pastors? Do they ask them stories of their life? You're an inappropriate pastor. It's 13, 14, and me and my buddy, Mark Morris, and we throw out, and it became easier. Just a little bit. It became slightly easier probably to throw them out than to go and deliver the pamphlets. Then four months, five months, six months later, we go in and talk to the boss to say, hey, we're stepping into a, we've got a promotion (laughs) from pamphlets. No, we just quit. Um, And she was like, you know, I probably figured you were going to quit soon. And we're like, why did you say that? She's like, oh, because we kept getting complaints that we weren't, you weren't getting the newspaper. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, you knew. (laughs) You knew. She's like, yeah. Happens all the time. Fast forward, another job. It's McDonald's. Thank God for McDonald's. The guy that ran McDonald's made $12 million a year. At that time, I'm making $5.35 an hour. (laughs) Slightly different. And he pulls me into the office. He says, Anthony, I noticed you cleaning that bench for the last 15 minutes. How long does it take to clean a bench? Well, about 12 seconds. What I was doing was a little this. (laughs) And a guy that was making $12 million a year said to me, you know, if you'll just apply yourself, you'll become more successful. Now, here, now, I took it at the time. I was probably 16, 17 in that zone. 
I took it at the time as I got berated by my boss. I didn't get berated by my boss. I had a multi-millionaire give me a life education lesson, right? Solomon says, the diligent man shall be blessed. My father used to always tell me, Anthony, shop 10 minutes early to every job. Didn't always listen to him. So I was rushing, I was three minutes late, four minutes late. But how many know when you show up three minutes, four minutes late, you have guilt on you for the rest of the day and you're trying to make it up, but you actually don't make it up. I'm trying to get you blessed here. Just a $12 million man gave me as a young boy a making $5.50, a million dollar education. Little things matter. Little things matter. You're not in the wrong place. You're in the right place. It's not one day. The will of God is today. That relationship in front of you, that moment to be encouraging, that moment to be friendly, that moment to give, that moment to pray for someone, that moment to make a difference, that's the will of God. But I just want to so encourage you. Listen, some of you need to break this what is limiting you what's stopping you what's what's stopping you from planting 100% in God's purpose for your life the devil always tricks you that, the, that he's got something better for you I promise you he doesn't he tricks you and then he traps you that's all he does he tricks and he traps but God leads you and God's God guides you and I just want to come alongside you today and almost be like that McDonald's CEO of that time and just literally come alongside you and say the little things matter the the assignment in front of your life the assignment in front of your life right now matters your attitude to it your spirit to it it's vital David learns how to kill Goliath and solve the country's biggest problem one bear one lion at a time One leadership moment at a time. Come on all across this place. Would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. I sense your touch all day. And I know, God, that you want to pour in good things into your people. You want to pour in dreams. You want to pour in love. You want to pour in peace. You want to pour in strength. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, for every person within the sound of my voice right now. I lift up their lives to you. I pray for their destinies. I I pray for who they are at home and work, at school, and all kinds of different environments. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would breathe, Father, upon this house. Breathe upon their lives, Lord. Break the parts that would bind them and hold them and limit their thinking. Quash the lies that would stop them, I pray, to become all that they're called to be. And make each one, I pray, a champion for your glory and for your honor. Not just champions, but champion makers, I pray. I pray out of this house would come champion makers. Spirit of the living God, do surgery, I pray right now, in hearts and lives. Just in your own heart, pray this simple prayer. 
God smash the pots that would stop me from planting, growing in you. Thank you, Jesus. We're all across this place right here, right now. If you've never met Christ, there's no one like him. There's no one like his love. There's no one like his grace. That no one spoke like him. No one lived like him. No one prophesied like him. No one healed the sick like he did. No one raised the dead like he did. No one died on the cross like he did. And when they're on the cross, no one, no one spoke like he spoke. But then he raised himself from the dead by his own power. And he says, son, daughter I died on the cross for you not for the person next to you or behind you but for you I died on the cross for your family I died on the cross for this world he says there's a sin that separates God and man but I didn't come to condemn you I came to save you I came to forgive you he said that his blood was shed so that you would be forgiven. Every sin, every mistake, everything you know you've done wrong, everything you don't even know you've done wrong. He said, I forgive you. I cleanse you. I wash you. He said, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, the Bible says, they shall be like wool. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer that prayer will lead you to a person he is the most majestic being in all of the universe his name is Jesus so why don't we pray this prayer together say Jesus I open my heart to you right now I turn to you I turn away from my own life and I trust in you forgive me Jesus I want to be your child. Today I declare, God is my Father, Jesus my Lord, the Holy Spirit my help. The house of God is my house. The Word of God is my guide. Thank you, Jesus. Heaven is my home. You are my Father. All across this place, my heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you meant business with God, I know the Holy Spirit's knocking on the doors of people's heart. If you meant business with God, you say, Anthony, that was me today. I may have said it 10 times before. Or some of you just don't know if you've ever received Christ before, but you prayed that with authenticity and faith in your heart. Would you quickly raise your hand all across this place? Raise it up, raise it up high, raise it up high, raise it up high. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise it high enough, high enough, long enough for me to see it. Thank you, sweetheart, in the back over there. That's awesome today. Man, that's awesome today, buddy. You can put that down. You can put that down now. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Come on, if you receive God's word today, come on, can you give the Lord a hand? Come on, if you believe the presence of God was here, come on, can you give the Lord a hand? If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. 
Have a great week.